0: Hi everybody. This is Tony Selznick and Megan and this is the Hollywood Dance Podcast. Woo-hoo, Megan! This is our first one. I'm so excited, too. So we decided, of course, our first podcast, which we have many more that we're going to do. do. The first one we want to do with my partner, Julie McDonald, who actually is the first person to represent dancers in the industry. She started the industry. I met Julie when I was 14 years old. My brother took me to a dance class because I was going to bar mitzvahs and stuff, and I was afraid Mm -hmm. to dance, and I wanted to get over my fear. My brother took me to a class in Venice, California, and my teacher was Russell Clark, who we all know is my mentor. And um, the owner of the studio was Julie McDonald and two other women and her own this dance studio. It was in a small little post office in Venice Beach. And that's where I met Julie when I was 14 and I did classes there. When I got older, she was my agent when she started the agency. When I got much, much older and I got married and had kids and all that, (laughs) my wife at the time said, go get a real job. (laughs) And I went to go meet with Julie and I tried working in the dance department. I hated it, couldn't handle it. And I quit. And then a couple months later, she met with my wife then lease and interviewed her to be the choreography um assistant and we were driving home and lease looked at me she said tony how come you don't do this job like this is so right for you and i went oh i i can work with choreographers yeah. i guess and then i did that and that's a whole nother story yeah. but that's how i started working with julie she went from being my friend to being my agent to being my partner anyway so we're going to bring in julie right now and talk to her and i'm just so excited that megan that our first podcast is with the legend, Julie McDonald herself.
1: Yes, the pioneer of the industry, if you will. So episode one with Julie McDonald.
0: Hi, Julie. Hi,
1: hi Tony. Hi, Julie. I'm Thank Megan. you for being
0: here for our inauguration oh, here. I'm
1: really excited.
0: I would think we should start by, why don't you just talk through us the story of what, what gave you the idea to start representing dancers and how did it all unfold? Well, I didn't really
2: have the idea at first. I was in a very transitional place in my life. I would say I was verging on homelessness. I had closed my dance studio. I had a terrible knee injury. I couldn't teach. I was doing all sorts of odd jobs. And uh, I knew somehow I had to do something. So I heard about this um, uh, seminar called Impact. And Impact was designed for people who wanted to be in show business, but they didn't quite know what they wanted to do. So I signed up for it. It cost $3,000. I had to borrow it from my mother. (laughs) She she said that was the last money she was ever going to lend me. I was 35 years old already. So I went to Impact. It was Monday through Thursday, 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. It was a real boot camp. 8 a.m. or 8 p.m.? 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. Oh, so before work day. Before work because the rest of your day was about getting your goal. So it was really, really intense. If you were a minute late, you were locked out. You had to be there in your seat exactly at 5 a.m. So I did this for three weeks. The first week was about defining your goal, and I wasn't sure. Did I want to be a casting director for dancers? Did I want to be a manager for dancers? Did I want to be an agent for dancers? After research, I narrowed it down to being an agent. So That was the first week. The second two weeks, the second week and the third week were about going out there and getting your goals. It was no excuses. And by the end of my three weeks, I was an agent (laughs) at Joseph Held Fond and Ricks and Hollywood. And were they the first
0: agency that you visited or how did that happen? No,
2: actually, I visited many agencies and everyone offered me the exact same thing a desk a phone, and 50% of everything I brought in. So I discovered quickly that no one was going to pay me a salary. So I might as well go with the best commercial agency in town, which at that time, JHR was one of the top commercial agencies. And the reason I chose a commercial agency was because that was the one area where dancers had union representation. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I wanted to become an agent was to advance the cause of dancers. Didn't really think about choreographers so much then, but that's how this whole thing unfolded. Were you
0: aware at the time that dancers didn't have representation? Yes,
2: I was completely aware that dancers didn't have representation. Were people talking about there should be, or how did no, I, No, I, 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 and I'm not even in the commercial world. I would, didn't yeah. even, I was like this modern dance person. Yeah. So I really wasn't even in that world. I just knew they didn't have, you know, there was a woman named Terry. Somebody, she was represented at JHR, and she's the one who got me the interview there. And um, I, I actually don't remember. I remember before I got actually ensconced in JHR, I had conversations with various people. Vince Patterson was one of them. Everybody mm. said, "Oh, well, you have to call Vince Patterson." Really? So I called Vincent Patterson for advice, and he was really helpful. He he thought that it was a really good idea.
1: Yeah, so I guess I have a question, like, how was that received from the dance community? Because before you, no one had taken on that role.
2: Well, the first thing I did was put a teeny little ad in Variety uh, saying, literally, dancers wanted for representation and gave a time and a place for an audition. And I went there with three (laughs) teachers, Russell Clark doing jazz, (laughs) uh, Michelle Zeitlin doing ballet, and Jean Castle doing tap. And 300 dancers showed up. Wow. And wow. Back the, then,
0: 300 dancers. Yeah, that's a Wanted representation. So. Did you, you sign everybody that came in?
2: <laughs> you know, I have a feeling I signed almost everybody because the people who were there were so good. It was like, I was like, wow, this is an amazing foundation. Probably didn't sign everybody, but maybe almost everybody, but they were good. So I knew I was onto something if that many people showed up wanting it. An agent, because yeah. they didn't have them.
0: Do you remember how long it was since you got your first commission check after you started? Like It was
2: quite a while, actually. If memory serves me correctly, it was a Coca-Cola commercial that Joey Toledo bought. <laughs> and my commission yeah. was $300, <laughs> period. Yeah. But the interesting thing was by the end of the first year, we had already grossed close to a million dollars. Wow. Yeah. wow. So insane. by the end of the first year, the first big project was Captain EO with uh, Jeff Hornaday. Mm -hmm. Jeff Hornaday was so supportive. The difficulty wasn't the dancers. The difficulty was the choreographers. Most of them were really resistant because the established choreographers had their way of doing business, which was if you had an audition for a project, you called your assistant. and Your assistant called all the dancers that you normally work with as a choreographer, and maybe they invited some friends. So it was a very closed club. I had to knock down a lot of doors before I got a choreographer to um, uh, to to call for clients, and that was Greg Smith calling for Kenny Ortega wow. for Let's Get Physical. Wow.
0: Yeah, first time. The Living Newton-John video, I remember that. Yeah, yeah,
2: and it was the first time actually, like Greg said, well, let's see who you have.
0: Now, how did you get your heavy hitter choreographers? Like, how did that
2: well, start? I started with all the people I ha- had from Room to Move, Russell and Sarah Elgart. Michelle
0: Zeitlin, was she a choreographer or a dancer? No, dancer. she was a dancer.
2: Yeah. And I'm trying to remember, Gene Castle probably took. Uh, but
0: then how'd you get, like, Vincent Patterson and Kenny Ortega? Well,
2: Vincent was not an easy get and the only... Reason he came over was because he saw his best friends Jackie and Bill Landrum getting work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was very uh, reluctant. And Kenny had a three-picture deal with Disney. He did. Um, he'd already done Dirty Dancing, which got him his three-picture deal at Disney. And he did Hocus Pocus. He first did Newsies, and he didn't do the third picture. I'm not sure what happened, but Kenny took time off to reevaluate himself and reevaluate everything he was doing I remember getting a phone call from him saying I want to work and I will choreograph for someone who had done two wow. major feature films which were not hits by the way and now they're complete cult classics so he was so ahead of his time so the first thing we did together was um, Two Wong Fu Thanks for everything, Julie, and This is my recollection. <laughs> I'm not sure this is his recollection, <laughs> to be honest with you, but that's how I remember it. Uh-huh. He was, at that point, had dropped his ego, which is a hard thing to do, and said, I, I want to work. Kenny's just the kind of person that
0: work is work. You know, and you know work what? begets other work. I remember this story, and I it's I, I use it all the times. I think about like the people that I really admire, like the Kennys. I've watched them go to the high of the highs and the low to the lows, and to watch somebody come back to have the strength to call you and say I just want to work. Like that's incredible that he had that in him to do that, and that's why he's where he still is today. Mm-hmm. I hope that
2: that is an accurate story, but this is my recollection. We'll get him interviewed.
1: We'll get him in here. And he
2: might he might have a different story. But anyway, so it was not easy getting the choreographers. It really wasn't. The Landrums, they came over right away. I remember I have a picture in my mind of exactly when I was talking to Jerry Evans, asking him to come over. He was a big choreographer. Nice. And he was really giving me the eagle eye the, the, like who are you type of thing these people didn't know me i wasn't in mm-hmm. their world mm-hmm. and um he was testing me out too but he came over and he worked oh my god he just worked nonstop. found barry lather in a huge dancer audition I was auditioning for paul abdul there was this 18 year old kid at the end of the room and man was he he was a, a, a early client
0: marguerite um, how'd you meet marguerite do you remember?
2: I don't remember how we met. but I remember I could, you
0: guys lived in the same building. So. <laughs>
2: but that is not how we met. But I don't remember how we met. But she had no credits as a choreographer. Wow. Yeah, no matter <laughs> what anybody's side of the story is, I'm sure she would acknowledge that I totally built her choreography uh, career.
0: You did so many people with Russell's but, too, so
2: many. Russell too. But Russell too. There are people who came to me who had resumes like Mm -hmm. Kenny Ortega. And all you had to do was say Kenny Ortega to someone who was looking for a choreographer. I wasn't representing directors at all. That was not my thing and all. But there were people who had resumes. Finally, Vince Patterson saw that Bill and Jackie Lanham. They were working a lot. They got a lot of work. And he came in to test me out, you know. (laughs) I mean, I think he felt... You know, i better get on this ship because yeah. it's sailing. Yeah. And it was sailing. So as soon as things started to roll, they just continued to roll. Even harder than getting the choreographers on board was getting casting directors and producers. Right. Uh, that that yeah. was the toughest thing. Sense. And this is why I'm such a proactive freak because that's all I did. Yeah. And, you know, there was no internet, for God's sake. she had to pick up the phone. And you had to send over reels. But what I would do is Our I office. would go... I had nothing to do, really. <laughs> I would go get in my car and drop them off reels and resumes and meet them in person. Yeah, and, amazing. And the busier I got, the more tied to the phone I, I became. Yeah. But in the beginning... At, you know that's what it was
0: like isn't it crazy now when i think about how much work i do on the phone like you couldn't do that you have to work only at your desk you can't like take your phone in your car and go home and do a deal like no, it all had to happen right there and if you
2: did not work all night on your phone you would come in the next day to, I, mean, I mean if you I, there was so much like phone work at home which is what we do now but there was actually no freedom really to to like the, the way we have now to work from wherever we want to yeah, work yeah think
1: of how much time you save just having access to the internet and be able to send digital yeah. copies and that will save you hours yeah, I mean, it's not crazy to
2: do can you imagine become, being an agent not even having faxes Oh well, there, I think there were faxes <laughs> that was about it but
0: we I have don't... a really funny story when I was working for Julie yeah. the first time a fax happened I remember you were blown away you didn't understand how a paper from an office can <laughs> materialize in our office <laughs> I, I still awesome. don't get it <laughs> Yeah. And we used to have messengers like, like five times a day, this guy would come and pick up reels like, for, Ray, um, yeah. Ray, yeah, every agency had messengers, because
2: they had to deliver yeah. uh, pictures yep. and resumes to the casting directors. Jeez. So every day, and the messengers would come twice a day, and they would take out tons of submissions to the casting directors things were slower it felt fast but they were slower because of the time lag
1: yeah and you you, had more to manage with having to deal with well i also probably felt like you were hustling
2: started to hire other people to work with me very early on i had one volunteer this woman named pat horn she just called me up she was cool older woman she had blonde hair and she wore hats purple hats and she just thought the idea was so cool she just came in and lent a hand and then I think Victoria might have been the very first person to to work with me Victoria Morris
0: she told me the story last night that you called her because you guys are friends and you're like hey I need somebody to work but you have to decide by tomorrow morning I need you there tomorrow morning and if you don't show up then I can't offer you this job and she like like you gave her like a 24 hour notice. Yeah, so that's how well. she started her career. That's how she started.
2: <laughs> yeah. She was those early days building that department was like a roller coaster. Uh, not a roller coaster. It was just like a, a straight up ascent because we had to add more and more people because finally we were getting breaks from commercial casting directors. Finally we would get people on films. It but everything was like a step. And didn't pay any attention to choreographers for a long
0: time. So here's a question. I know, Megan, you have a list of questions, but I want to ask this. When did competition happen? Like how many years? Really soon.
2: It happened, and I started in 85. I believe that uh, Teresa Taylor uh, from Bobby Ball came along in 87. Oh, okay. So two years. So it started right away. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, Megan, what's on your list. I guess
1: being in this, you know, Industry for so long as an agent. What are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in the industry, both like positive and negative within the dance industry?
2: Well, the positive changes are really that dance has just become so popular. Mm-hmm. So it's become not a background thing, it's still background, but it is so popular now that it permeates all aspects yeah. of the culture and of entertainment. So that's the positive. I really think that when I first started, the reason I started was because I was watching uh, uh, music videos like everybody else going, look at all these music videos. Yeah. And they were doing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. That actually built the business was the music video business. And mm-hmm. it's funny, we don't do any of them anymore, Isn't really. It crazy? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. in the beginning, that was, that was, they were mini musicals, so it was a way to get the craft out there. Was really an exciting time, but anyway, so that's a positive thing: is just dance becoming more popular. Um,
0: Would there be a negative? Yeah, did?
2: there's definitely negative, which is well, positive and negative is social media. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this yeah, many we're do times. A whole episode. <laughs> so, uh, social media. I don't the dance, get to get yeah. to go into detail, but it definitely has its positive aspects, and it's definitely had a negative impact. Oh, yeah. There used to be a real craft to commercial choreography Mm -hmm. there still is except for because of the internet you can be a person in your bedroom calling yourself a choreographer you can be a teacher who's a good teacher calling yourself a choreographer there really is a difference between Mm -hmm. uh, a good teacher and a good choreographer they're not the same i was a good teacher i was a lousy choreographer that is another reason i decided (laughs) to do this i would get calls to choreograph commercials huge budgets Why do they call me? Because, oh, producer would say, I, I, I need a choreographer and someone would say, oh, my neighbor is a dancer. (laughs) And I would get these huge jobs. And I was freaked out. I didn't, I called Victoria. She, she, she would work them with me. So, you know, it's just, so the, the elevation of the craft of choreography is really good. Also, the elevation of teaching, that's been a positive aspect. We yeah, have
0: a whole podcast on that coming out, oh, too. Yeah, about teaching yeah. That. So, yeah. you know,
2: these, because of television, te- these teachers have become so in demand. There are other teachers besides TV teachers that are in demand. But when I first started, we wouldn't even think of taking a commission or booking teaching through our office. Yeah. Now it's a huge part of it because teachers yeah. are making a lot of money. Yeah.
1: I don't even want to. Uh, well, and getting to travel the world yeah. and teaching and taking your time.
2: Teaching has all become over. a big deal. That's a positive yeah. thing. I would say that, you know, the negative thing is the same negative thing that's been happening for 50 years. There is no union for choreographers in film and television. It has, be- it continues to show itself as a real negative for mm-hmm. choreographers. The
0: for choreographer today is. Probably less than it was twenty five years ago. It's the, if not the same. It's
2: the same. The average is the same.
0: Can but people you still do jobs for half that. If you ask them about right.
2: So there, it is. It's a. It's it's a shame. It has kept the craft of choreography from being what it should and could mm-hmm. be. Yep. And um, so that that to me is such unfinished business. If I had to say anything was unfinished business, that would be it. If I had unlimited funds, I would be hitting this full time. It, it, it just, yeah.
1: Um, I have another good question. This is one of my favorite questions. You probably have a lot of these moments, but can you recall specifically maybe one of your proudest moments that you've had working as an yeah, agent? I can. I wrote okay. them down. can't wait to hear I love that. Yeah. I
2: do too. The first one that came to my mind is actually being in the room with SAG when dancers became represented by the union wow. as performers. They were non-union. And it was on feature film, I'll Do Anything. In, in no, the, I remember that. That's in what it in, in the producer's office. This it's is a, a, it's a very ball, ballsy thing that happens, sitting in the producer's office and having the representative show up. Well, the producers were not happy, but That film changed everything. Now, so did The Bodyguard, but I was not that involved in The Bodyguard, so I don't remember that story, but I do remember I'll Do Anything. So I would say getting dancers who were non-union up until that moment, and I don't remember the year, that was like mind-blowing proud. I I wasn't the only one. There were other agents involved as well, but I feel like I was the catalyst. I think the other things I'm really proud about is elevating the credits on feature films. Mm-hmm. Not all feature films, but the first time that, because there's no union, there's no <laughs> guidelines and it's always up to producer's discretion. So I feel I made a real difference in setting precedent for choreographers getting good credits on feature films.
0: Um, well, then it's thanks to you that we got Jamal Sims of, front title credit on yeah, Disney's wow. Aladdin, so I didn't know that was... a I do it's thanks
2: to me, but, <laughs> but 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 I feel but like underrated. I really... Um, even Michael Kidd, who was another proud moment, he, the greatest choreographers of the golden age of musicals, did not get the right credit. He would in all these posters to a meeting, mm-hmm. and his name wasn't even on it. Wow.
0: So like Seven Brides or
2: Seven Brothers and things like that. His name's not even the poster. It just... So, which leads mm-hmm. me to another really, really proud moment when Alan Johnson, may he rest in peace, and I lobbied the board of governors of the Oscars to give Michael Kidd a special Oscar. And they wow. did it. They wow. Did it. So that is, that yeah. really put a big smile on my face. That's
1: amazing.
2: And then, of course, there's forming MSA <laughs> yeah. with Tony. That was super proud moment and uh, continues to be, but those are, Four things
1: that I'm really proud about. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, you just, should be. So where do you see the dance industry in 10 years? I
2: can tell you the truth, but my answer to this is I don't know. I have no idea. I can say that technology will become more and more and more uh, uh, predominant mm-hmm. within the actual physical movement, I think, and how people, like, there are people doing incredible things with um, uh, technology and dance. Um but I, I don't really know. It's I, I, I hard to say
1: because it feels like even the social media craze that's happened is recent. Very recent. Mm-hmm. And it shifted the industry pretty dramatically. Yeah. So yeah. you think it's something like that can come in and kind of change the way business is done so well, much? I feel that the next big
2: shift in entertainment is these streaming services. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like it's starting
2: oh, wow. all over again. This yeah. is the craziest thing. I just realized the other day that you've got every network is creating their own streaming service, where before it was just Netflix, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. even Netflix is pretty newer. Like it's, yeah. But you've
2: got every studio forming their own streaming service. Yes. So what does that mean? Content, content, content. Yeah. So this could be a really good time for dance.
1: Yeah.
2: In And uh, uh, in creating content for streaming services because they're going to need something. True. Sure. You know, so that could be... A, a big shift, but I don't know.
1: So I know, especially I hear from a lot of dancers that are wanting to kind of shift into choreography. Like, what's your best advice for those dancers? That's
2: really hard. It's a, it's a hard transition to make. It's just in a way like a dancer saying they want to act or a choreographer saying they want to direct. There's actually things you have to do to take those steps. You can't just say it. You actually have to do steps, and choreography is is actually more vague and nebulous than the mm-hmm. other ones. There are actual things that you do to become an actor. You take class. You have to sacrifice dance jobs because you sign up for a twelve week acting class. You have to be willing to go to the back of the class and not in the front of the dance class. And yeah, <laughs> choreographers, if they really wanted to direct. They, sh- they have to take classes in directing. There are classes. There yeah. are no classes. It's for basically
0: starting from the beginning. And that's yeah. a so, really good point. There's really no classes is, for choreography.
2: So this yeah. is in the traditional days when there weren't every so many choreographers. Choreographers would emerge from being assistants to other choreographers. Yeah. They would learn the craft under yeah. very very uh, uh, highly respected choreographers, mm-hmm. and that's how they would learn. That was sort of a you know, a linear. Mm-hmm. It's not like that anymore. It depends on who they're learning from. But they do often emerge as assistants. Here's the problem. There should be an academy for choreography. And, I mean, trying to tried to years, do that, yeah. but they just took the book. Anyway, there needs to be the study of stage choreography, film choreography, mm-hmm. television choreography, video choreography. Everything is different. Every medium is different. Can you imagine how cool that would be oh, to have yeah. these amazing people teaching the craft of choreography and all those different? Yeah, because it's you get on the set for a feature film it's completely different than a set sure. for a television
0: show. Sure, completely. It's yes. so, interesting You're saying that because there are there's a generation of choreographers now that learn everything off of YouTube. So they they have, they mm-hmm. got this they, they see the final results so they're copying that but they don't necessarily know the procedure to get into there and I to mm-hmm. me the best way in is through assisting. Somebody. I mean, if you, I remember because Xanadu was my first job, and Kenny Ortega choreographed for Russell. And I remember him with Gene Kelly, and Gene Kelly gave him the his viewfinder, and that. Beca- and I remember what made Kenny make Gene Kelly his mentor was that. And I know that Kenny always had that with him that Gene Kelly was looking out for him. So I, I do feel like it's really important. The mentors mm-hmm. and teachers are really important for this mm-hmm. business. Yeah,
1: because yeah. the issue with the YouTube that you just you know brought up was that then choreography all starts looking the same. It's like people don't really have original styles of choreography. It all kind of starts to mesh together, and you can't really pick different styles of choreography.
2: Without the academy, (laughs) we're talking about the advice that I would give somebody who wanted to be a choreographer is to choreograph, is to get in a studio and and, and, and do practice. Practice choreography. Bring your friends in. That is what a lot of people do. They do it when they teach class, too, but you actually have to apply yourself in many different ways. Also, choreographers should study the history of dance in mm-hmm. a big way. Mm-hmm. They should know about all the people who came before them.
0: Do you remember that movie that Gene Kelly did that we, we give to choreographers sometimes? Remember that? What's it called?
2: It's a movie about uh, athleticism,
0: right? I have to look up the name, but I remember we gave it to Wade when he was like 14 years old, Wade Lobson. Yeah. And he loved it and watched the movie. Wow. We, we used to give it to like, young choreographers and say, this is really important you watch it. I've I got to I find mean, the name.
2: If, 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 we had, if we had enough people in here would arrange for a film festival just for the dancers? Yeah. How cool yeah. would that so be cool. to do something like yeah. every Friday night you show a movie oh, and then so you fun. have like someone who was in the movie or someone who choreographed the movie there. These are these, projects that would really help educate people
1: yeah
0: so yeah. julie we're, we're pretty much out of time but i wanted. to do you have one more question that you want to ask her that we can close with
1: yeah i just uh if you could start over again from the beginning like is there anything that you would do different
0: sign fatima robinson <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, that's mine <laughs> Well Julie, thank you so much for sharing. Yes, thank you for this. This is Tony and Megan with the Hollywood Dance Podcast. Oh, it was really fun. Thank you, you Julie. Thank, thank you. you.